I think it's fair to say that we've all experienced what it's like to want something really, really bad, to devote so many hours and years of our life for it, and how frustrating it can be when an unseen force, completely out of your control, gets in the way. For a lot of medical students, the thing that we devote a lot of our hours and time and life to is to get into medical school and become a physician. So imagine you've accomplished this and you got into medical school. And not only did you get in, but you're actually doing well and you're finally getting the hang of it after first semester. So you decide you're gonna start redefining yourself. You're not just gonna be a medical student anymore. You're gonna learn to be you again. The you that was you before there was a medical school. And you're trying to be your own person again when suddenly chronic pain becomes your new world. This thing now becomes the first thing you wake up to and the last thing you think about before you fall asleep. Forget trying to be your own person. Forget about what you love and what you hate. Now you're just trying to get through your day. Today's episode on Oversized White Coat is about taking back your life. So I'm here with Haley Shaw. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and in full transparency, we're sitting in a closet. <laughs> it sounds better. <laughs> yeah, it sounds better than what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Haley. Oh yeah. my god, I don't know how to do this. I guess we'll just start from the beginning. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so why did you decide to go into medical school? Um, so I wanted to help people. <laughs> oh my god, that's such like a stereotypical <laughs> answer. By the yeah. way, if ever you decide to use that response in your medical school <laughs> interviews, you would never get in. <laughs> I know. You can't say that. You definitely can't leave with that. Yeah, even though it is true. Yeah. Um, so basically, I guess I, I've had a couple of experiences growing up where I had to see a lot of doctors, um, and I... I feel like I went through that process of like not knowing exactly what the diagnosis is and so with that it's like you're seeing different doctors they're constantly referring you you're trying different medications um, and it's like you still can't explain like what's going on to yourself and to other people um, and I just felt like very tossed around and so that's like where I first became interested that and then also just like from the patient's perspective like I feel like I better understand how to explain it to them so that they're not overwhelmed and stuff. I felt like it was meaningful. Um, I definitely felt like I had a lot to contribute. And so here I am. And do you remember when you got the acceptance letter? I do. Honestly, I feel like I expected it to be very, like, very exciting and stuff. I was pretty melodramatic about <laughs> it, you know? It was, it was just such a long process. I was just... I was just grateful, you know, yeah. gonna, but no, like, ecstatic part. <laughs> Melodramatic is very on par with your style. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very true. <laughs> so with her ambitions in mind, Haley started her first semester of medical school in July of 2020. Was it really stressful for you? Um, it was stressful, but I think I went into med school expecting it to be really, really difficult. My high school was pretty difficult. Um, my undergrad experience was pretty um, rigorous, I would say, and so I... And you didn't take a gap year, yeah. so you had no breaks. Yeah, so I was, like, ready, you know, like, I had no breaks, I I knew what to expect, I knew what was coming, so it wasn't, like, a 
I think they say it was like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel that the first semester. Haley is clearly a very resilient character, but just to give you an idea of the fire hydrant analogy in case you didn't already know, one of my good friends said that he learned his entire undergraduate degree in a single semester at med school. I was a biochemistry degree and I am inclined to agree with that sentiment. You had always worked very hard. Very, working yeah. very hard was your norm. It was what you knew. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Closer to second semester, I was like, okay, I need to have like hobbies and start having like more exercise in my routine. Um, oh I yeah, I'm really bad about that. That's pretty standard end. too. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, you're buried in the books, yeah. and then one day you wake up and yeah. you're like oh my god, I can't just be in medicine, I have to do yeah. other things. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, this isn't sustainable. Um, so I started going to the gym. I was doing like a bunch of lifting and stuff. And I think I was constantly also like rushing because I was so pressed for time. In fact, she was so pressed for time that even though this wasn't the first time Haley started lifting, she didn't pay as much attention to technique. Did you just wake up one day with your hands hurting? Do you remember lifting something and then like putting it down and realizing you had injured yourself? Yeah, I do. I went to a different gym that day <laughs> and I remember that I had tried a new machine and I was like, oh, this feels weird. And then I went home and it was, and my hands started hurting, both of them. But it was really mild um, and so I kept going, I ignored it. So even though Haley was starting to experience the pain, she decided to push through. And this continued for two weeks before she finally decided to stop. Because it wasn't going away. Because it wasn't going away. Okay. It wasn't getting worse at that point. What did it feel like? It was. It felt like it was sore. Mm. That's all it felt like. Just like sore. Um, and you thought it was going to go away. Mm -hmm. So you didn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And Haley remained hopeful that it would go away. Until it didn't. Until it actually got worse. This was around the time that we had a snowstorm. So on February 13th of 2021, there was a big winter storm named Yuri that ended up hitting northern Mexico, some parts of Canada, and some of the southern parts of the United States. And it lasted four days from the 13th to the 17th. During that time, Haley was in medical school and she was snowed in. There was no classes because there was no way that the roads could be driven on. It was covered in ice. You looked out the window and it was just snow. And it was so bad that some people lost water and Haley lost electricity. She spent those four days hunkered down in her apartment trying to stay warm under the covers. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a really bad snowstorm, like mm -hmm. came out of the blue. But she was also incredibly bored. Um, I started playing the ukulele. I think I was at it for like a good three or four hours. So probably by the third or fourth hour, my hand started hurting. I don't know. I thought I would just like sleep it off and it would get better the next day. Um, but it didn't. <laughs> Before this whole incident, Haley still had full use of her hands. She could still type and she could still write. But then this morning she woke up and instead of a mild soreness, she was feeling something severe. It was all over my hands, like in between each finger. Like you, can, you know, like in the web space? Yeah. Kind of like that, like in the, I don't know, like almost in the joints. But it extended everywhere, like wrist and then all the way to the edges of my fingertips. Um, kind of down my forearm in the other direction as well. It was very strange. This was about when Haley started realizing that something was very wrong. So her first instinct? This needs rest. 
I did my best to kind of stay away from things that required like a lot of um like a lot of dexterity which unfortunately meant that Haley had to give up doing a lot of the things that she loved um so first was gym second was ukulele and piano and all that stuff that's right you tried to learn the piano for a little bit too yeah you were picking up so many hobbies at that time (laughs) i was i was trying to live my best life yeah um and then i also um dance like when i'm stressed like that's my stress relief i stopped doing that too because that's like a lot of hand movement oh yeah and Um, pilates yeah like all those online stuff yeah Mm -hmm. It didn't just force her to give up the things that she loved. It also forced her to withdraw from the people that she loved. Oh, I also stopped texting. Um, Yeah, I stopped texting, so I fell out of touch with people that I would talk to a lot. um, Would you use the voice? Yeah, I would use the voice, but I don't know if you've ever used it. It's really Mm -hmm. annoying. Like, it's (laughs) annoying. And, like, for someone like me, I'm not a talker. I don't like talking that much. Haley forgot for a second that she was on a podcast. I am bribing her into this. You're buying dinner. Um. (laughs) I'll buy you dinner. We ended up getting ramen that night, but honestly, Haley was just too nice to let me buy her dinner. About a month later, Haley started the hardest class of her pre-clerkship, which meant little sleep, high stress, and a lot of typing and writing. I was at a coffee shop. I was typing up notes. We were in one of our, um, like one of the hardest classes that we have in pre-clinicals. Um, so it required like a lot of a lot of studying and so i was trying to type up a bunch of notes um and i got through like three-fourths of the page and i literally like i could not do it i was like pecking Haley would describe the progression of her symptoms in waves the first wave was when she was playing the ukulele in the snowstorm and this was the second wave this one was worse than the last that was the last paper i typed like i still remember and every morning after that you'd wake up with that pain yeah. Kaylee had made a lot of modifications to cater to the pain, but it was at this point that her life started to revolve around it. It would be the first thing she thought about in the mornings. It would hurt. I'd be like disappointed, you know, like, oh, it hasn't gone away yet. Okay, now I have to like just get through this day so I can stop using my hands, you know? Yeah. But that was always the goal, to use my hands less, to do less. And, like, I just kept going with that mindset every day that I needed to do as little as possible. Just letting it rest wasn't enough anymore. Um, uh, I think I was taking Motrin. Every day? Mm-hmm, yeah, I was taking Motrin every day. I was icing it, like, every moment that I could. By the end of four months, I'd used up two full bottles of muscle <laughs> pain. That's Haley laughing about it now, but only because, spoiler alert, things do get better for her eventually. But for right now, this is the moment that Haley realized that she needed to see a doctor. We had spring break, like right in the middle of that class. So I went during spring break. Who did you see? Was it a family physician? I saw two. So I saw family, or yeah, I saw family and I saw ortho. Those were like my first two. Um... But we didn't, they didn't really know what was going on. So first, ortho gave me um, wrist braces, kind of like the ones that they, uh, they give for people with carpal tunnel. What all did they rule out? Um, <laughs> I'm sure they ruled out a lot more than I know at okay. this point. Because <laughs> ortho okay. has all sorts of things going on in the hands. But I know yeah. they did carpal tunnel, um, uh, tendonitis, I don't know. 
With something so obscure like hand pain and really no other symptoms, the differential diagnosis goes on and on. Osteoarthritis, inflammatory arthritis, trigger finger, ganglion cyst, contractures, carpal tunnel syndrome, tumors, infection, malafinger, trauma, just to name a few. And that's not even covering the autoimmune and systemic diseases. They did send me to a rheumatologist as well to rule out in- inflammatory conditions. Did they? Um, yeah, they ruled that out because all of those tests were negative. Gotcha. Because um, that's what I would think immediately, like yeah. rheumatoid arthritis. I think when you mm. first told me about this. Yeah, I think we were all We were both that. convinced. And I do have, like, family history of it, too, which is why I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out. It hit you. Mm-hmm, yeah. And med school does have, like, a reputation for bringing out strange yeah. illnesses in people yeah. who used to be healthy. Especially, like, those immune, those hidden immune ones, you know, because yes. you go through stress and, like... That's what activates it. They're the worst, the hidden autoimmune diseases. I know. The biggest fear. Because no one could really figure out what was going on with Haley, the doctors kind of just threw everything at her. And Haley, also desperate to make the problem go away, was willing to try anything. I was trying all sorts of things. And at first, she was patient because she was hopeful. And initially, you were hopeful that just with the pain meds and the wrist brace, it would eventually go away? Yeah. That's what all the doctors said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all said. And then I did a bunch of Googling. I couldn't find anything. Um, I You'd go on like Reddit and stuff and there's like stories written on there about how people had this kind of problem and they had like permanent pain forever. Haley started spiraling, so she stopped the Googling and the Reddit searches. That was one thing that Haley never allowed herself to do. She never allowed herself to spiral too far. She managed to pass her hardest class despite all of this. And while other medical students were doing research or shadowing, Haley spent her summer building in this routine, still hopeful that the problem was fixable. So we did that for about like three to four months. So I think like most of summer was was basically focusing on that, like rest, no typing, don't do anything with your hands, use the wrist braces, ice and then like anti-inflammatory meds. Haley was able to manage to get to a point where at rest, her pain could be somewhat mild, but... But The moment I did anything, like if I typed two sentences, it would go all the way up. Like I couldn't do anything with my hands. Haley did the best that she could, and then she started her second year of medical school. What first school did you have to do that you realized you couldn't do with your hands or that it would make your hands worse? It was a lot. Typing and writing were one thing, but in the second year of medical school, one of the fundamental things that you're supposed to learn is how to do the physical exam. And Haley couldn't really do any of them. I remember one time, um, so like I took some notes, but I got like one of those pens that like glides much faster. <laughs> and um, like my notes were not legible. I could barely hold that pen. I was about to say that's another thing. <laughs> and so I had like scribbled stuff down that I could like barely read, but I could make it out, you know, because I was just in the encounter. And then one of like the coordinators saw my note. She at the end, <laughs> and she just stared at it. Like when I tell you, it looked like chicken scratch, like like a true doctor. Looks like writing. an EKG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not legible. Like if I had to go back in two weeks and try to read that. There would be no hope for that. <laughs> Haley's just one of those people who's always been good at finding the humor and everything. But the truth is, 
Her symptoms didn't just impact her ability to get through medical school, it was also an infringement upon her independence. Patient exams were hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. Like, I couldn't even open my water bottle at that oh, point. Like, that was true. painful, you know? Even, like, the daily things, like opening mm-hmm. doors. Yeah. Wearing driving, clothes. Maybe. Yeah, driving. Wearing clothes, putting them on. <laughs> yeah. So that must have been hard, too, having to ask for help all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was frustrating. Did it do, like, was it really bad for your mental health, you think? I didn't really pay attention to my mental health at that point. I was just, like... I don't know, it was like survival mode, but I didn't even realize I was in survival mode, you know? Yeah. Um, so at that point, I was fine. Like, I didn't really notice anything. But in retrospect, like, thinking about everything that I felt, like, after things kind of got a little better and more manageable, it definitely crept into my mental health. Because at that point, it's like I'm asking everyone for help. I'm not able to do, like, daily things. Um, I've given up all my hobbies. I'm, like, talking to friends less. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And then one night out, Haley discovered something interesting. So yeah, we were we were out for drinks. My hand pain, um, like I didn't feel it. That night was great because my hands completely stopped hurting. Yeah, was, like, I remember you telling. Yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me this, and I was almost worried because I was like, <laughs> such a red flag. Exactly. Um, but that one night of relief wasn't without consequence. The next morning I woke up and my heart was racing. I don't know why. Like, I still don't know why. Haley's never had a history of depression or anxiety. And before this episode, Haley was so focused on her physical symptoms that she hadn't even really thought about her mental health. An anxiety attack, maybe. But I'd never experienced that before. Um, And so it was really scary because that went on for like two-ish days. It got so bad that Haley actually ended up going to see a cardiologist for this. And they gave her a monitor, which she took home and wore for a week. During that time, they did say that they saw some irregular rhythms, but it wasn't anything dangerous, and they couldn't link it with any specific activities. All in all, they said that it wasn't life-threatening, and so she went on with her life, but that didn't stop these episodes from recurring. Yeah, that happened a couple of times after that. The worst was during step one studying. There was like a week where I was like sleeping two to three hours every night because I, my heart was just racing like all night long. Um, and I tried different things, um, but it's like if I tried to go, um, if I tried, like people would tell me, okay, like exercise. But if I tried to do that, like that would hurt. Um, yeah, you were in such a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty backed up. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do at that point. Step one has a timeline. Usually the school gives you somewhere between six to eight weeks to study. And then if you can't take your step one after that, you end up having to push back your clerkships. So it wasn't like Haley had a whole lot of time to figure out what was going on or a whole lot of time to see more doctors. Eventually, she realized that this just wasn't something that she could do on her own. I don't know what I needed to do, but what I ended up doing was going back home and being with my parents um, kind of helped calm me down, which was good. Um, Super grateful for that. Haley really hates taking pills on a day-to-day basis. Even the naproxen that she took for her hand pain, she eventually stopped. And so this whole idea of trying antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds, it took a while. But at this point, she was so desperate. And with step one coming up, she finally gave it a shot. Well, it wasn't a psychiatrist. It was uh, it was just like PCP. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they gave me, they gave me temazepam to try to help me sleep, like, to try to calm me down. Um, 
it did not work. <laughs> yeah, I found that so fascinating yeah. that it didn't work. I stayed up like past that and it just made me groggier, so. Haley stood very strong in the belief that her hand pain was not a result of depression or anxiety, despite what other people were trying to tell her. It was just like one of them was like, I went with hand pain and they, they were just like, um, it's probably because of school and stress and like they shooed me out in five minutes. Like I was in the office for five minutes and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like in med school, it takes so much to go see a doctor, especially when it your doctor is like two hours away in a different city, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was just like so tired of hearing that, like people telling me that it was mental health or that it was just because of school and that it was going to get better once school stops. But school was never going to stop and Haley wasn't going to quit. That's not an answer. Um, so when Haley finally folded and decided to talk to someone about her supposed anxiety attacks, it wasn't because she thought that treating that was going to help with her hand pain. It was because she realized that maybe that was secondary to her hand pain, that the hand pain had been going on for so long that it was now controlling her life. And Haley was willing to do anything to get her life back. I think that's the first time I considered that, um, like, all the stuff with my hands had actually created, like, a legitimate mental issue. Like, that's the first time that it was, like, very clearly evident to me. I think, like, with trying to get help with mental health, you have to know that it's not, like, a, it's not a switch. Like, different things work for different people. You have to do a bunch of trial and error and stuff. And I was, like, I did not have the time for that kind of, um, yeah routine. It wasn't that Haley ever gave up on it. She just kind of decided to take her time with it instead. Time that she didn't really have for an immediate fix with step one studying. But she was really hoping that the medications would at least resolve some of her problems. And when it didn't, it inspired her to speak out for herself. Frankly put, she had just had enough so she did a little bit of her own research and ended up asking for occupational therapy. Yeah, it was occupational therapy. Um, yeah, I walked in. I was like, I have a physical therapy appointment. And they were like, do you mean occupational therapy? <laughs> they're so sassy. <laughs> you know, they're so particular about that. And the frustrating thing about that is that nobody actually gave me occupational therapy. Like, I asked for it. <laughs> I was like, That's I want to go to therapy. Like, you yeah. advocated for yourself. <laughs> I did. <laughs> So Haley ended up being one of those patients that people in medicine tend to make fun of. The, oh, I googled my symptoms, and so I think it's this. But the thing is, you know your body the best. You know it better than anyone else. And in Haley's case, it turned out to be the best thing she could have asked for. And it made such a big difference. Like, that, if I had to pick one thing in that whole year that helped me, um, like, physically with pain, it was that. It was all the hand exercises and all the, like, the ultrasound techniques that they did. And was it worth the two-hour drive? It was worth Yeah, it was <laughs> worth it. I, I drove two hours. Um, once that, a week? Mm -hmm, once a week just to get that. And my occupational therapist was so sweet. She, like, specialized in hand, um, like, hand exercises and stuff. And she was the first person out of all the medical professionals I'd seen that, like, sat down and listened to, like, the weirdness of the hand pain that was going on. Maybe it was because at this point, Haley had let this go on for so long that she was actually showing signs of muscle wasting. And the occupational therapist was the first person to pick up on this. Basically, I had not used my hands. Like, it hurt so much that they looked at my hands and they were like super flat. 
like, it's called the Thibna or Eminence or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Like, thumb. Yeah, they were like, your hands are not normal. Why are they so flat? They do those exercises where they can test your grip strength. Mm-hmm. And she was like, press harder, press harder. <laughs> could not do it. And my grip strength was so bad. And I do remember that. I didn't. I don't know if we talked about it, but I was dropping things. <laughs> like, I was dropping oh things all over the place. So she was the first person to make Haley actually feel heard and believed. And she also equipped Haley with a new tool. For a while, my routine was wake up, take medication, take my wrist brace off because I wore them at night. Um, the moment I took them off, I would put like some kind of muscle relaxant um, on like the cream on my hands, just like massage my hands out. Um, that was every morning. And then I'd kind of do the same thing at night, um, but I'd put the wrist brace back on. Um, and then I would ice it throughout the day. Like my hands, I would not leave them. I would just keep icing them throughout the day and then eventually eventually i replaced the icing with um like hand stretches and so i was doing those three times a day but i couldn't keep up with that and so then i was doing it once a day and then eventually i got to the point where it's like whenever i started feeling hand pain i would do those exercises more again a spoiler alert Haley ended up being able to figure things out and life got a little bit easier for her but even now she still uses those hand pain exercises like now i'll just like stop and do them randomly throughout the day if i start feeling like that kind of stretch or pain so the turning point in Haley's story began with the occupational therapist who she had to fight really hard to even get that opportunity but there was another key player a hand surgeon And what I've personally found very shocking was that his treatment was really just some life advice. Step one was giving up the idea that the pain was ever going to go away. I had kind of accepted it almost like, okay, this is, this is chronic pain. It's been here for a while. Let me figure out how to like live my life with this. Um, It was like that kind of mindset. Mm. Um, And that's kind of, I saw a hand surgeon and he was really great too. And he told me the same thing. He was like, like the imaging isn't showing anything, like we don't know what's going on. Um, At this point, we can hope that it's gonna get better, but he was like, let's just get you to a point where you can like get back to your normal life and figure out like what your patterns are, what your triggers are, and like help make sure that nothing, like that this doesn't stop you from doing what you wanna do. Remember that before this moment, Haley had given up a lot of the things that she loved and wanted to do in hopes of treating the pain. Now, this physician was telling her that this was impossible. You're not going to treat the pain. So instead, just learn to live with it. Do the things you love. Do the things you want to do in spite of it. It's easier said than done. You know, right. like, I had to, like, relearn habits, which is, like, very, very interesting to be so, like, cognizant of. Um, yeah, things that normal people wouldn't have to think yeah, twice about doing. Yeah, like, okay, let me not, like... Let me not um, do too much, too much like he- heavy tasks yeah. in a day. Which is like, what what do you consider heavy? Like opening a water yeah. bottle or opening doors? I don't know. And you keep tallies mm-hmm. in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. You're like, this morning I did this. This yeah. afternoon I do this. I'm not gonna do this. For- exactly. Yeah. Like if I folded my laundry one day, I'm not gonna do dishes the same day. Like I can't mm. do it in the same day. But this change of mindset actually worked. He kind of made me realize that, like, if I kind of spread out the things that I was trying to do in a day that I might be able to like live my life better because yeah. then like the things like the things that I wanted to get done I would be able to get them done Where, mm-hmm. whereas like the way I was living I was trying to just live like my old self mm-hmm. and do like everything and that that just like it was 
realistically it was just not possible and so he was like okay let's let's like retrain your habits and go mm-hmm. that route and at least make your like quality of life better instead um, of trying to work the pain around your life yeah he basically told you to work your life around the pain yeah and i really appreciated him telling me that because i just feel like sometimes doctors are so focused on um like treating you um, which is important like obviously but at that point it had been like almost a year and we didn't have answers and so the fact that he like took a step back and was like just treating me as like a person (laughs) and he like listened to me and like what my lifestyle was um that meant a lot but that also meant that he was telling you that maybe the pain was never going to go away and that you were just going to have to yeah, l- learn to live around it. Yeah, I still remember. He looked at me and he goes, I'm stumped. I was really disappointed when I heard those words. Um, but I feel like deep down I'd kind of accepted it you too. You needed to hear it. And I needed to hear it, yeah. I guess sometimes, maybe a lot of times, being a good physician isn't telling your patients what they want to hear it's telling them what they need to hear but with all of that Haley was able to successfully pass her step one on her first attempt and she actually even got through her surgery rotation successfully and that brings us to today i still have moments where i get really upset when i can't do something too much um but i try to focus on the positive like a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago i wrote my first full soap note like I typed it out first time in a year that I typed like anything (laughs) like more than two sentences um so that was exciting that's a huge accomplishment yeah Yeah. I started writing stuff um I can't write too much but at least I can do like but you're getting there like I'm getting there yeah yeah so that was exciting another huge accomplishment was that she actually doesn't have resting hand pain anymore and she started doing some of the things that she loved again I started dancing again, started swimming again. Um, I had hurt my knee, like, right before this, so I couldn't run, but I started running again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. I've been slowly starting to do different things. But obviously, that's not to say that she's healed. She still has to take care of them in ways that normal people wouldn't necessarily have to think about. She has to be very conscious of them. She still uses her brace and her exercises. Did you ever consider walking away from medical school? Um, yeah, not because I wanted to, it just felt like I couldn't do it, you know, like, if I can't type notes, how am I going to get through residency or, like, rotations? If I can't do, like, a physical exam, like, what am I going to do as a doctor, you know? It wasn't that Haley ever wanted to quit, or that she ever thought quitting was going to make things easier or better, but she did wonder if this was going to stop her from being able to be a physician, if she can't use her hands, if she can't perform physical exams or type up notes. But the way she talked about it, she had two options. She could either think things through really, really hard, or she could just not think about them at all and take things day by day. I thought about that a lot, especially in the beginning. And then what kept you going? Um, or did you just not really think about it? You just kind of kept going? Yeah, the second one. Because, I mean, thinking about it, like, what was I going to (laughs) do? Like, thinking about it would have only led me in a direction where I would have quit, you know? She also just wanted to know how long could she keep this up. I feel like the curiosity in me (laughs) kind of carried it through. Wow. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. I like it. And even though there were a lot of times when Haley felt really alone, just because no one else was going through the things that she was going through, she did have a support system. 
and Haley really wanted to emphasize that they made all the difference. I also do remember I reached out to my school. She ended up in a whole Zoom meeting that was dedicated to the topic of her hands. And one of the physicians, um, he like looked at me and he was like, this was on Zoom and I like still felt that connection. He like looked at me and he was like, if this was my daughter who was feeling like this, who felt like she couldn't like physically continue on with med, med school, like it would break my heart. Like that's what he said. And he's like, I don't want you to feel like that no matter what. Like if you ever feel like that, reach out to me and we'll talk about it. And let's figure out what accommodations like we can do to help you get through this. Like whatever you need, like let's just talk about it. Like don't feel judged. This was exactly what Haley needed to hear because she always felt judged. It's pain that no one else can see. It's obscure. There's no real diagnosis. The doctors half the time didn't even really believe that she was feeling them. People were telling her it was because of anxiety and depression or all in her head. She always felt judged judged, and she was so scared of feeling judged that a lot of times she didn't even want to talk to her friends about it. A lot of times she kept it a secret until she couldn't because she would wear her brace in front of them and then they would ask so she would tell them what's going on but in the end she was actually really grateful that she did did you feel like you had a very solid support system during this time yeah i did like family friends i'm so grateful um i definitely could not have done it alone like this was not like a me journey mm-hmm. like it took a village <laughs> <laughs> and even now i mean you're definitely better than where you were, but you're not 100%. Yeah, for so sure. your journey continues. Yes, it does. <laughs> when you look back, is do you think that you learned anything from this whole thing? Um, I think... I want to say all the, like, basic things, you know, like, persistence and don't give up, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know if I learned any of that, because I feel like all of that just comes with being a med student. Like, yeah. you know persistence, you know? Like, yeah. you know to keep going. That's, like, our natural state. That's a good point. Um, but something that I really did learn was patience. Mm. Um, and patience in the fact that you don't have to, like, you don't have to do something about your problems right away. Yeah. Like, you can just leave them and just see what happens. <laughs> Maybe you could even tell from Haley's story that she was not patient about this in the beginning. She wanted it fixed, and she wanted it fixed fast. But that wasn't an option. She had to wait it out. And in that circumstance, she could either obsess about it, or she could just see what happens. It was definitely a really big learning curve on that yeah. note, because I'm not patient. Like, I just want to solve anything that I can as fast as I can, you know? (laughs) And when you can't, you're just like backed into a corner and you're like, ah! (laughs) And so then you ended up just, you sat. Like basically, you got backed into a corner and you were like, plop! There were definitely moments where if you walked into my room, you would find me just sitting. (laughs) Because like, what was I supposed to do with all the stuff I was feeling, you know? (laughs) In case you can't tell... Haley and I laugh a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and save you guys from some of that annoyance and just tell you that at this point, I asked Haley to give me a metaphor of what she felt during this time. Before she could really answer, the computer slid off of the cardboard box that it was sitting on (laughs) in my very professional setup, and this caused more chaos and more laughter, but once we were able to regain our composure, this is what she said. You know how they say there's light at the end of the road or, like, on the other side of the tunnel? Yeah. I just felt like I was looking, like, through this, like, tunnel and there was no light. Like, it was just dark. Like, Mm -hmm. I did not know what direction I was going. Because med school, it's like, you never know 
it always feels like you don't know what you're doing first of all right like yeah. that's like the baseline feeling yes and so it always felt like that and then on top of that it's like with my like physical health with my hands and then also like my mental health also definitely played a part into it at some point um and so it's like with all three of those I had no direction like no idea where I was going it just felt like I was steering into like a deep tunnel so it was like you were in the middle of a tunnel yeah. you looked one way it's dark and you can't see the end mm. but you turn around and it's also dark and yeah. you can't see the end yeah because Haley had so much unknown stacked against her she never knew if her hands were going to get better and at some point she even gave up hope that they ever were she didn't know if her mental health was ever going to get better she didn't know if she could ever become the person that she was before medical school started but again Haley noted that at the very least she knew she wasn't alone. There was some support, though. She admitted that she still has a lot of things to work out, and she started seeing a psychiatrist to kind of change her mindset about some things. But she is definitely happier. Do you have any, like, words of wisdom to impart on people mm-hmm. who might be going through the same thing? Because um, I feel like, I mean, I think everyone's story is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of the big stuff, like, the big autoimmune diseases and all of those get talked about but I know like me personally like I I started having migraines in medical school and like I know a physician who started having irritable bowel syndrome in medical school and I feel like those like smaller things like don't get talked about as much but like they're still impeding you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah like for for anyone and I well I feel like they're they're still impeding and maybe they're even really common you know yeah So, like, what would you, like, do you have any wisdom to impart? I don't know about wisdom. Well, Haley's really humble, so she really wanted to make sure that everyone knew that the things that she's about to say or that things that she has said are of her own opinion and experience and should not be called, and she does not consider them wisdom. Um, but I guess, like, don't, um, I guess I would say don't ignore the problem, but also don't waste all your energy into like fighting it like sometimes i think it's about balancing acknowledging the problem but also just like actually like accepting it because a lot of people will acknowledge it like oh i have this problem and they'll constantly try to fight it like oh i shouldn't have this problem why am i having this problem this sucks like normal people yeah, don't they have obsess this. yeah they have yeah and you're like trying to fix it and sometimes sometimes problems can be fixed like they can't be fixed and so it's just it's it would be better for you in the long run if you if you tried to spend all your energy into kind of like embracing it, mm-hmm. trying to improve your life as it is instead of trying to fix every every part of your life. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It's kind of what I had to do though, right? Like yeah. I, I couldn't fix my hands, but the moment I started trying to just like focus on how to improve my life, yeah, given the situation, how to I was live in, with it, yeah. It made a big difference. Have you ever thought, why me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's very, it's such an isolating, like, random thing to yeah. go through. So the why me situation, like, that thought always comes into your head. But in my head, in my mind, it's like, there's always going to be people that have it worse than me. And there's always going to be people that have it better than me. So if I'm not going to compare myself to people that have it worse than me, then I'm just, like, objectively not allowed to compare myself to people have it better than me you know like it's my life like it's my journey